Welcome back to the Founded on Christ podcast. Uh, Once again, here at the top, just reminding you that you can send your submissions in if you ever desire to do so at foundedonchristpodcast at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to put those into the podcast uh, out for people to hear and listen to. Um, This week, I want to continue a little bit with what I was talking about last week, but I want to give it a new paradigm, a new way of looking at it. Uh, This week with Come Follow Me, where we were talking about Cain and Abel, I wanted to talk about something that was rather profound to me as we were discussing it at church and as I've read through the scriptures. And so, uh, so we know the, I mean, most of us know the basic plot, <clears throat> right? Of Cain and Abel. They both have their sons of Adam. They both, uh, bring sacrifices to the Lord and it doesn't work out the same for each one. And it's a very interesting concept as to why that is. And so first, uh, if you go to Moses 5, chapter 16, or sorry, Moses 5, verse 16, it says that Adam Adam and Eve, his wife, ceased not to call upon God, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten man from the Lord, wherefore he may not... Wherefore, he may not reject his words, but behold, Cain hearkened not, saying, Who is the Lord that I should know him? So this is the first the first problem, right? The first indication of what Cain's issues are. But I think going back to last week, where the real desire of our Father in heaven, the real desire of our Savior, is for each and every one of us to know him personally so that he may command us individually and give us the steps by which we can enter back into his presence, right? We can each take the general commandments, but then we can also receive individual personal commandments for each and every one of us. And here, Cain uh, is making the point that he doesn't want to know God. Who is the Lord that I should know him? He doesn't take the time to get to know them, which is interesting considering what will happen. So he's kind of spurning God a little bit, right? Well, Abel was righteous. He listened to the voice of the Lord and he was a keeper of the sheep, right? And, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. And it says that Cain loved Satan more than God. And I think I think it's really easy to read that and say that he loved him more to begin with. And that's how this got set out. And there may be some indications you could take from that. But I think that's almost like a preface to the rest of the story. It's going to say, okay, this is how that all came about. And so it came time that Abel was to give a sacrifice or he made an offering unto the Lord, right? And he did it doing it the appropriate way that the Lord set forth for him, which he brought forth the flock, you know, the firstlings of the flock and sacrificed it. Cain, for some reason, seeing his brother do this and and getting some favor with God, he feels that he wants to do the same thing. So he goes ahead and he, because of, you know, his efforts, he brings forth the fruit. Well, we know that the Lord respected Abel's offering, but he didn't respect Cain's. And this is interesting. I I get the sense 
when we say, you know, it's easy for us to say sacrifice and kind of gloss over that word. Sacrifice means to make sacred, right? To give up something for a grander purpose. And so I imagine it wasn't easy for Cain to give of the fruit that he worked hard to build, that he was proud of, that he worked, you know, diligently in. It was the the best, I imagine, the best of his efforts. And yet he brings them forth and it's not accepted. And I thought how that relates to us, right? How, what are we supposed to learn from this? Now we know how that turns out. The Lord tries to go to Cain and say, hey, what are you, what are you so crestfallen for? Hey, do what's right. Do what I'm telling you to do and it'll all work out for you. But if not, Satan wants you. He's, he's seeking after you and he will have you if, if you do not listen. And so for each and every one of us, God is giving us individual commandments, right? He's giving us individual things to do. And we can decide to do them according to the way that he asks. Or, and then be like Abel, we can offer the offering that the Lord wants from you. Or you can be like Cain, and you offer up what you think you want to do, right? And there's the difference. So when it comes to this lifelong process, right, of receiving the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost and entering into the Lord's presence, is it going to work out for us if we come to the Lord and say, hey, this is what I want to sacrifice? You know, these are the things that I'm comfortable giving. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay to do this, this, and this, but this I will not give, right? Does it work if we go to the Lord on our own terms and say, this is what I want to do in order to enter into your presence. It doesn't work that way. And that's what God, I believe, was trying to get across to Cain. It's like, yeah, you can sacrifice those things. That's great. But that's not what I'm asking you to do. And I think, you know, so often a lot of us can get caught up, even if it's good things. Sometimes we get rid of things that we didn't need to get rid of. And the Lord, he's... I imagine he, he's excited for anyone who is willing to try to sacrifice for him. But if it's not according to his needs and desire, well, needs is the wrong word, according to our needs and his better understanding of our needs, it doesn't have the higher sanctification process that's required of it. So that's why I think it's really important for us you know, to not willy nilly <laughs> just sacrifice things out of our lives uh, without really thinking about whether or not that's what the Heavenly Father wants us to do. You know, some people may feel like, okay, I need to get rid of all movies, you know, or all books, or I'm done with music, or I'm done with art, or I'm done with all of these things. And I think, you know, I feel like that's that's righteousness unto God. And so I'm going to get rid of those things when in actuality, it's more self-righteousness and they're looking for the accolades of other people to say how awesome they are, that they are able to give up these things, but, and they can do that, but it won't have the sanctification process. However, on the other hand, when the Lord comes to us and asks us to get rid of something, a, it's usually very hard. It's usually not something we want to give up. But B, when we do, that shows Heavenly Father that we're willing to submit to Him, to His will, that we're, we're passing the test, right? That He is more important to us than these, right? For Abraham, there was a lot of things he could have given, 
right to the Lord. He had many flocks, he had sheep, he had a caravan, but the one thing he probably valued above all else was his son Isaac. The Lord came to him and asked him to sacrifice his son. That was probably the one thing he didn't want to give, but he went ahead with that process. And we know how that worked out, how the the Lord really was testing his commitment And in the end, he didn't have to give that up. And it actually worked out for his righteousness, right? Once, And that's, I think that is the biggest lesson we can learn from Cain and Abel is that we, when we want to approach the throne of God, we have to do it on Christ and God's terms, doing it on our own, even if it is good things, even if it is what we, what we count for a, a righteous purpose it's it's ineffective in receiving the spiritual strength needed to enter into that presence it's this is the the quintessential if you're fasting without a purpose right if you're fasting without a purpose you're just going hungry right i mean there's still benefits to that there's things to learn but when you have the purpose right there's a higher level to the things that are being done abel had the higher level. He did what the Lord asked him to do. Cain had that opportunity, but he didn't. And so hopefully for all of us, uh, we can learn that lesson, right? And pay attention. Like the Lord is, he's talking to us all the time and he's, he's ready and waiting for us to make that covenant with him that we will do everything that he asks us to do. Because that is this first step. Once we start doing that, then he can teach us and he can move us along that path as long as we're willing to show that we'll do what he asks us to do. And oftentimes it means doing harder and harder things, but it's because we've learned the lessons of doing the first initial things that we get the harder things to do. And step by step, line upon line, that is how we reach back into the heavens. Our spirits know Heavenly Father's presence. They've already been there. Our bodies do not. And we are in the process right now of getting those two to work together and submit to Father like we need to, to have the humility so that both of us together, our soul, our our spirit and body combined, can return back to the presence of the Father. And with that, uh, just remind us all to seek his face continually. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.